Blog Talk Radio. Go ahead and introduce yourself, and uh, then we'll talk a little bit. Okay, my name's Terry, and I run uh, ZMUK Radio. Well, host the show on there, and um, we play music cop- and copyright music, that is, and we also talk about some of the events that's happening today in the world, as also promoting the Zygos movement and the Venus Project at the same time. How's that? <clears throat> Excellent. Um, well, Terry, anytime I bring on a guest, I always ask them, uh, what was the precipice for you, not just necessarily for the Zeitgeist movement, but what was the moment in your life that caused you to look outside the box to make you think, you know, maybe this world doesn't need to be this way. You know, maybe we can make a difference or maybe, you know, one thing that made you think that the world needed to change above anything else. Essentially, what got you off of, well, at least in the United States, what got you off of American Idol and, you know, the pop culture into really thinking about the world? Well, I've always had the questions in my head, always, always asked the same question, why do we have to pay for everything? And um, it wasn't until I actually sat and watched the Zygos movie all the way through, the first movie, that I realised that it answered all the questions for me. And ever since then, I, I decided to strike out and do something for the movement to help it on, on its way, because it was more truthful than anything else I've ever heard. And explained, and Peter explained everything right down to the to the uh, nagging questions that might appear afterwards. Right. And that's what made me think about the radio. And um, I saw my daughter was doing one for another website called Hubbo, Hubbo Hotel, I think it was, and they had a radio set up. And I thought, now that's an idea. And I got hold of the broadcast, sound broadcast, and, and played around with it for a couple of months before I actually got any, you know, before I started even broadcasting just to get used to the software. How's that? Yep, that's very true. Um, now, you know, uh, honestly, uh, for me, you know, I've already talked about my precipice. It was the fact that there was actually a couple of honest politicians that were running for office in the United States, which is pretty uncommon really anywhere. Um, and it's going to be uncommon anytime you have a political system that's in any way motivated by money. Um, but in any case, um, you know, it's it's great to hear, and I know that I've tuned into your show more than once, and I and I think that uh, we've discovered a wealth of music um, that is uh, either just, you know, being given permission to us or it is on the Creative Commons license. Um, you know, in doing some searching around, I stumbled across a website that just had just, you know, thousands and thousands of, you know, songs that were free to download and free to listen to and free to stream. Um, people who essentially, have, you know, it's a great way to help, you know, eliminate the monetary system's impact on your ability to spread awareness of your own music. Um, and I've heard some of the music that you play in your show, and some of it is really great. I mean, you know that. I mean, if I've messaged you and said, oh, I have to know where that song came from. I have to know what that band was, you know. And I, I've told people that just because it's not, you know, mainstream by any means does not mean it's not good. And in fact, what I've been finding is like just I ended up like going to that website I was talking about. I showed you earlier. I think you've already, as you said, you'd already been there. But um, and I just spent hours and hours and hours listening to to music that you know was by artists that you would have never heard of if it weren't for this Creative Commons license. And I honestly think this is a great way to, you know, to kind of get an example of what music and music distribution would be like in a resource-based economy. And I strongly advise people to check out these Creative Commons musicians. And that's essentially uh, the kind of music that you're playing on um, Zeitgeist uh, UK Radio. And uh, I have to say that 
some of the quality is just amazing. Now, I mean, um, and you, and sometimes you just talk to bands and get permission to use their music. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, because sometimes they, if you, what I usually find, if I see that they, you know, want some form of payment for anything, I usually ask them first because you can also download them free from the site, even though they want payment for it. So when I, when that comes up, I generally send them an email or a text message asking them if it was all right to download it and use it in radio broadcast. And most of the time, they say yes. I've only had two refuse, only two. That's not bad. Seems to be going since last August. No, absolutely. And I, I also have heard you, you've had guests on your show. Um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about basically what the format of your of your show is like. You you do play music. You you spend time talking about the movement's ideals and things of that nature. You, you talk about the news. I mean, go ahead and elaborate on that. Yeah, that's what we do. We, and sometimes, you know, um, try and get guests to come on and talk about some of the stuff that, that they're into or any of the projects that they come up. Just recently, back along, we had uh, two guys from the Scottish Sovereign uh, people up there. They, they claim to be sovereign people. We had them on, and we, I interviewed two people at the same time. And they made some comments about the Zeitgeist movement, because that's what it was about. It was the difference between the sovereign movement and the Zeitgeist movement. And they said something about the Venus Project, that if they, they because of the Venus Project so far ahead in the future... They can't wait for it to, you know, to for 80 years or so, as they put it, to manifest. So they've gone into action now. One of the things they said about it is if they don't want to live in the house like the Venus Project is putting up, like, you know, futuristic houses and all that, they want to build their own. And I said, well, Jack Fresco or nobody has said you can't go out and build your own house. We're saying, you know, well, you know, it seems to be just hinting towards that this city would be built and that everybody would have to live in this circular city. Jack never said that whatsoever, if I remember rightly. That's correct. Yeah. And that's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and another thing they were on about was some, you know, some of the, uh, what's it about the law, you know, what, you know, uh, defending for themselves, like, the right to defend for their families and that against marauding, um, what do you call it, hooligans or vandals, like they want to come and take your goods from you and that sort of thing. But I said, in that sort of situation, you wouldn't have that because there'd be no crime. They wouldn't need to come and steal it from you because they'd be able to get it for themselves. Um, you know, so why would they come and steal it from you? Well, they still had that thing about it. Oh, what was the other thing? They, oh, I forgot what it was. Now. There was something else they they didn't like the sound of with the Venus Project. Oh, the fact that uh, that it may be uh, linked to the New World Order. By the, yeah, you, yeah, you get it. <laughs> that it might be linked to the New World Order and all that sort of thing. And I said, no, not as far as I know. It doesn't. Because they thought that because of the name of the Zeitgeist and because of the Zeitgeist environmental conferences that take place once in a while, I think it's to do with the environment, with D- David D. Rothschild and that. Mm-hmm. They think that the Zeitgeist movement is one and the same. I even had a chat from, on a Facebook from my daughter's son in, uh, brother-in-law, that's it, my daughter's brother-in-law, so I got an older daughter, and he attacked me saying that the Zeitgeist movement is nothing but a front for the New World Order and all this. You can't tell people otherwise. So I said to him, why don't you come on 
talk about it on the radio show. He turned it down straight away. He didn't want to know. So it just goes to prove that he's he's not on the right track and he hasn't looked into it, into the Zygos movement whatsoever. Nor's my sister either, and she keeps going on about me entering into the real world and leaving the illusions behind. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, that's why uh, radio shows like ours are so important, um, Terry, honestly, is to try to spread awareness and to deal with these problems. Um, I've had to confront that issue more than once on V Radio. And, in fact, in the, the last uh, great interview that, if you guys want to hear it, you can you can listen to it in the archives uh, at vradio.org, v-radio.org. I always forget to say that. Um, yes. You know, uh, we address that issue, a lot of the issues, like the, the concept that it's linked to the NWO because of the fact that Jock talked to a couple of people who happened to be in the U.N. during the tour, um, you know, or the notion that I've heard people say that we're bankrolled by the Rothschilds, and I'm like, this stuff is so ridiculous because if you've ever been to their home, and I have been to their home, and not just on tours, I've been there to visit and to sit and talk, not just you know during the dog and pony show. These people's lifestyle is entirely devoted to this direction and spreading awareness of this direction. They don't sit around and watch TV. They don't go on vacations. In fact, their recreation is sitting around and making videos, drawing, making models, answering questions. You know, that's all these people do. You know, and uh, hold on a second. Uh-huh. Actually, you go ahead and make your statement while I inquire about this. Somebody's saying something in the chat room. Which actually is more more entertaining than watching TV at the moment because we we haven't got the TV on in this house. So after a certain time, it goes off because it's not even worth watching. I mean, at the moment, we're just coming up to the end of what they call the X Factor here. I mean, the other day I went, to, I had to take my son to the hospital to have some stitches taken out. And uh, we walked in, and the TV was on there, and it was X Factor. And they just done uh, songs from the Beatles, and not one of the acts were you could consider professional. I mean, I've heard better on the create the uh, what's it the creative community the music the the um, copy, um, and copyright music. I've heard better on there. Right, that's that's very yeah. true. Um, you know, it's. And I, I think that um, particularly something that I've been hoping to do for the longest time is to see more musicians involved in the zeitgeist movement come together. I talked about this a little bit when I was being interviewed by Peter, was yeah. the idea of a Spirit of the Age project, of making a band that, that does these kinds of music. And then that idea kind of developed into, why don't we make the Spirit of the Age project or the Spirit of the Age band be anybody who wants to participate and you know and suggest you know, music to it. I mean, it doesn't mean that there wouldn't be a specific lineup, but there's also no reason why anybody who writes good zeitgeist-oriented material cannot submit their music as well. Like, um, one of my favorites is The Lost Children of Babylon. I don't even like rap, but they do a song about the Venus Project that's just amazing. Um, it's amazing. I, I mean, it's very catchy, too. Even the people who don't listen to rap... Um, I strongly urge the listeners to consider checking out Lost Children of Babylon, particularly if you happen to like rap, but even if you don't, they do a lot of music that's, that's based on this sort of stuff. Some of their earlier stuff is more oriented around conspiracy theories, but their current album is actually Zeitgeist, and it's just got all kinds of stuff on it about Addendum and, and the, the Venus Project and things like that. Um, and uh, I know you, you said you got permission from the band to use their, their music on your show as well, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's. And, go ahead. And I got permission from several other artists as well, and I got one 
prevention from a band here that I doubt if you've heard over there called Fish Hat Pope. And um, every time they come out with a new one, I get get it before it even goes online. There's one I played the other day called Stand Together. Now that was sent to me five days before it actually went on the uh, online, or like for YouTube and that, because they make videos at the same time. And I got that five days before they even released it. That's actually great. So you basically got exclusive access to this music that wasn't even out yet. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and uh, I hope that we get to see more of that. And if we could get this this radio station, this global radio station we're talking about off the ground, it'll be great. Um, one of the other things that I found when I was looking over the creative license uh, you know, music was that there's music in a lot of languages. Like, there really would be no reason at all for, like, people from Romania, from Italy, you know, for example. There were a lot of really great bands that were singing in other languages. It would be great if we could get DJs so that we could get this kind of, this global concept really going who could speak in other languages and in all different genres. I mean, I found heavy metal music in Spanish, in Italian, in, uh, you know, in all, you know, in German uh, lots of different languages, you know, music that I would consider to be great, you know, heavy metal. Unfortunately, of course, I couldn't understand the lyrics, but, you know, high-quality music that's just not heard about, particularly in some of these genres that people are not, you know, are not familiar with. Um, I have, in fact, a friend uh, who's, who lives in Mexico. It would probably be easy to persuade to do a Spanish-language um, show and play Mexican music. Um yeah. And uh, eventually, obviously, like, you know, we're going to want to get to a point where uh, we kind of stick to one genre or a couple of genres so that people who have specific musical tastes can tune in at certain times. Um, I know you kind of play uh, basically a variety right now, and I'm very flexible in, in my musical tastes with very few exceptions, so I have not, never had any problem listening to your show. Um, but I imagine, like, for example, I kind of wanted to do a, a hard rock slash heavy metal style show um, you know, I imagine that, you know, because that's the other thing about this, you know, we could easily do, uh, you know, have a folk music show, a, a contemporary, like, United States-style country show, a hip-hop slash rap show. We could find ways to try to bridge some gaps. Um, and what we need is volunteers. We need people to come forward and be able to spend a couple of hours, you know, playing music on the radio, which is actually kind of, you know, it's actually really enjoyable and relaxing. And because you're just playing music, it doesn't require as much of your attention as, say, doing a full, you know, hour or two hours or even three hours of political-style talk radio like I do on V-Radio most of the time. Um, you know, I mean, it's it obviously, I mean, I, I've seen you do this for so long, and this is another reason why I wanted to do a show about this, because your show is great, and I love sitting and listening to it. I always put it on my, you know, my computer. You know, if I'm in the living room and you happen to be on, I'll throw it on while I'm cleaning my house. You know, and, and this is another important thing that everybody, and I, I really want the listeners to think about this. You guys want to have alternative media. Well, that's only going to happen if you support alternative media. Terry's not even asking for money or donations. He's in a position where he hasn't had to do that. Um, but just knowing that people are listening means a lot to us. You know, um, it, it means a great deal to us to know that people are listening. That's actually my biggest motivation when I want to get you know more people out there is to know that the hours of time that I've put into this, you know, are are, are benefiting somebody. I mean, do you agree? I do agree with you. Though. And like I said, the whole idea was set up free of charge right from the beginning. The only thing it uses is money. Uh, for money-wise, is the electricity, which is what pittance. 
to you know to the um, to like if it, if I had to buy all the software to go with it. Luckily, the software that I use, Sound Broadcaster 4, I was using Sound Broadcaster 2, and it wasn't it was quite up to the mark. The sound quality wasn't good. And somebody in the Zeitgeist movement, in the UK Zeitgeist movement, had a copy of Sound Broadcaster 4 that they weren't even using and passed it to me. And so I got onto it and registered it all up and got it working. And it's been like that ever since. Um, yeah, I would like to get more people come and listen, and uh, then we can open the phone lines again and have people phone in, because we used to have the Skype open where people could phone in and come on and have their say uh, uh, or announce a project or something that they, they've thought about that needs looking at or whatever. But we closed it because no one was using it, and also it started playing up because we had to use um, virtual cable link to link Skype with sound broadcaster and it was playing up but I do now know of another way to do it because you told me about it yesterday <laughs> right now it's it obviously uh, it doesn't take a great deal of technical knowledge really to, to get this going either I mean I've, I've done a shoutcast server before on the earlier incarnations of V radio back when it was a Ron Paul movement um, we are working on trying yeah. to make an interface to make the transitions between shows easier um, and that's why anybody with any kind of technical knowledge, you know, please come forward and, you know, and consider for a moment how great it will be to eventually be able to broadcast this stuff anywhere, you know, and, you know to any computer. Um, if you just happen to be sitting at the Internet, you know, that's actually what we're going to get into the, the Zeitgeist, Zeitunes toolbar here in a minute. But, um, you know, if you just happen to be sitting around on the Internet, you're going to be probably listening to music anyway. You know, why not tune in? You know, um, we should develop a culture around these essentially open source musicians because that's what they are. Um, you know, like, uh, yeah. To give you an example, one of the more uh, famous open source musicians is Jonathan Coulter, who does the song, you know, R.E. Your Brains. He sings a song basically about uh, a guy that's uh, really funny. He does a lot of funny music. Um, uh, he, does, he sings a song about a guy who's you know, turned into a zombie and he's trying to convince his friend via email to let him come in and eat his brains. It's a really hilarious song. And um, that's how I became aware of Creative Commons License, which is basically an open source license for music. And each musician is a little different, but like Jonathan Coulter, for example, you know, his license states you can do whatever you want with this music. You can sample it. You, know, you can turn it into other things. You know, whatever it is that you want to do, um, it's totally up to you. And it really allows, you know, because the funny thing is he's still making a living because, you know, first of all, he's not giving any of his money to some third party, you know, uh, basically third party, you know, grimy, more specifically greedy uh, music industry, you know, like uh, basically music company. He's, he, he can get all of the money that he can get out of it directly to himself and he can live a decent living just off the fact that he offers great music and good merchandise. The funny thing is, when you have a good product like that, and in many cases, people will, down, will pay to download it anyway. They'll, they'll pay to download it because they, they appreciate what you're doing and they want to contribute to what you're doing. And, you know, in a resource-based economy, we'll get to the point that people won't even have to do that. He'll just be able to make his music because he enjoys making it. You know, and exactly. that's why I'm saying to people, it's really important that if you want to break the backs of the monetary system, that you take advantage of these 
things as much as possible. Sometimes I do V radio using entirely open source technology. I can't do it all of the time, unfortunately, because the the open source version of Skype is not uh, is not really up to my standard. The sound quality isn't very good, but I have it there because sometimes, ironically. Uh, the Windows uh, interface will give me all sorts of problems, and occasionally I just don't want to trust it. So I end up throwing on Ubuntu and and using the Ubuntu version of Skype, so that I don't have to worry about you know random blue screens of death that I can't track the source of. Um, <laughs> so uh, in any case, um, you know basically I, I have to emphasize again to people that. Um, uh, you have to be able to, you know, to be willing to come forward and give support to these people who are giving you these services, and you, you'll find that it it really helps you. you know, like for example, I uh, I set up my television in such a way that I, you know, can get everything off of a computer that I have linked to it. That allows me to watch some of these independent television shows that use things like Justin TV and UStream and such. You know, there 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 are networks devoted to video. Now, mind you, in many cases, it's somebody talking behind a webcam who then occasionally plays videos. That's actually what VTV used to be. It was a video show where I played um, like a documentary, and then we would talk about the documentary with the listeners and maybe even take callers. That's what my radio show, my well, essentially my television show used to be about. I still have the Zeitgeist TV channel, and I use it from time to time, um, you know, but that's that's another you know interesting panel that we could look into for the future. We're talking about trying to make a universal stream that people can listen to all the time, and perhaps a website specifically for the purpose of Zeitgeist-style radio. Um, so I would hope that uh, you know people who are listening will you know because I, I know you're going on like right after this is over, isn't that correct? It is, yeah. Now it's going to be on to eleven o'clock tonight, uh, UK time, that is. Right. Now, um, that would be 4 p.m. Eastern time for people in the United States. Um, now, go ahead and, uh, and tell the people who are listening what your schedule is as far as when can they tune in to, to hear from you. Well, Mondays is dead quiet. I don't do nothing on Monday because that's when I do a lot of research and looking into the music, new music on YouTube. And I, Tuesday, we play something from another radio station called TNS Radio, which comes from Dublin and Ireland. And uh, they link up with another group called, uh, was it Northeast Truth Movement, up in the northeast here in the UK. And they have some really interesting guests on, and they interview them. Like uh, they had, a couple of weeks ago, they had your favorite character, David Icke, on. And they also had um, Ian, a guy called Ian R. Crane on. And these are good top activists in the UK at the moment. And uh, on Wednesday, it's live, it's me, and I talk about whatever's popped up in the news. Like just recently, we've been doing a feature on the TSA and the, some of the antics they've been up to, and plus the uh, so, the so-called coming bailout for the Irish banks, because that's exactly what it's for. They're not going to, it's not going to benefit the Irish people one bit. It's for the bankers only and the politicians. On on Thursday, we just play music and play clips from videos that we've come across, like uh, like with Zach Fesco and Peter Joseph and various other people. Um, Friday is sometimes also just music, and sometimes I will talk on Friday sometimes as well. And Saturday's the same. And Saturday, we try to get people to relax and just listen to the music and chill out if they don't want to go out. With Saturdays, Fridays and Saturdays here is quiet in the UK because it's drinking night. 
Right, so, so, so those that are listening are usually like you know babysitters or something. So you know if they do tune in, so we just play music to get them relaxed. And sometimes we will talk if something comes up that needs pointing out. And then Sunday again is completely live. It's me from nine here, which is twenty twenty hundred twenty one hundred hours till twenty three hundred hours. That's Greenwich Mean Time for your listeners in the US. That is right. Well, that's great. Um, and now, and actually, I'm going to talk a little bit now about the toolbar. Unfortunately, the people yeah. behind the, the Zeitunes, Zeitunes toolbar are not were not available because they're actually having a meeting, I guess, today on, in Teamspeak. But um, the, the Zeitunes toolbar is a great little uh, tool that you can download. I've talked about it on previous meetings, but if you go to the Zeitgeist UK website, which you can find even just by Googling. Um, you can download the toolbar there, and I know that a lot of people are against toolbars. They think of them as spam and such, but I've used this toolbar. You can get it for you know most of your of your various um, uh, yeah, basically browsers. You can get a Mozilla version, I believe. They finally finished the Chrome version. I could be wrong. Um, and the Zeitgeist toolbar, it's not just for listening to Terry either. It's got all kinds of really great stuff right there at your fingertips. And you can also customize these toolbars to put other channels on them to listen to music. I've done this myself. Like, um, I, I particularly like hair metal. At least that's what they call it anyway. Metal from the 80s and the, the, the late 80s and early 90s. And there are stations that just play that all the time. So, you know, you can modify this toolbar. It has, like, little... Uh, basically, it has links to Peter's stuff. It has links to Thunder's stuff. It has links to my stuff. Um, and it has all kinds of little hookups on it. I mean, I haven't, I have, I have to reinstall it because I've had to reformat my computer a couple times. So I know that they're always putting little gadgets on it all the time. And um, I have to say that that toolbar was a really great thing to have. If you ever just get to the point you just kind of want to stick on a radio, you know, broadcast, but you don't necessarily want to go through the trouble of setting up a, a playlist on your own iTunes, you know, um, it would be great. Um, so uh, basically, you know, I strongly advise people to consider getting the toolbar. It's kind of a, a great central way to be able to get your to get to your various Zeitgeist media. Um, I know that they're they're planning right now. One of the things that they're going to be meeting on um, is that uh, people will be, you know, basically they're working on expanding what will be available in the toolbar and expanding the the Zeitgeist global radio station that we've had. That unfortunately we just haven't had anybody else using it except for Terry. Um, my life has been too hectic. I'm working on getting into it myself, um, and uh, I'm hoping to see more of that for the future. Now, I mean, it, it, go ahead and, um, and talk a little bit, Terry, about the toolbar, at least your own experience with it. Well, I use the toolbar all the time, especially to get to V Radio, because every time I put V Radio in the Blog Talk Radio, it doesn't come up. It comes up error all the mm-hmm. time. It does. So I use that just for that. Because I go to do your is it vradio.org and yeah. then go to the link page to get to Blog Talk Radio to your channel. That's how I use it. I also use it to um, look up what's uh, what's available, like the new uh, like trailers for the videos and all that sort of stuff. All all the stuff that you need to know that goes on with the Zeitgeist Movement and the Venus Project, you'll find on this toolbar. And Warren, who's the guy who uh, orchestrate the whole thing and put it to, all together has worked hard on this and he's also made available in, in different languages as well so you can all uh, have a, a toolbar of your own for, you, for your various countries and chapters you can even have one 
specially done if you want to. And the idea of the radio network is to get as many radios up as running as possible. I mean, you don't have to do it on the UK one or the early ZM Global one. You can actually have your own radio network and it will all go through the UK servo and it is big enough to take it, by the way. So I was told yesterday that the servo has been upgraded so it can take more traffic. So you've got no excuse, really. It's all there. And the guys in the upper who are working on it uh, have worked so hard on this and spent a lot of time on it, all for nothing, all just to benefit the movement and to benefit you getting the right information of what's going on. Like when uh, Zygase or Z-Day comes up again, there'll be a lot of information about that coming up on it and what's going on and what's going on where. Because leading up to the Venus Project coming to the UK, I've was asked by the Bristol chapter to advertise it over and over again, and which I did do about the Venus Project. And by the time I finished, and they said, thank you, they had a whole hall full of people, and they had people waiting outside, waiting to get in as well, apparently. All because some people had passed the information on because they heard it on ZMUK radio. Right. That's yeah. great. And that's why I'm actually hoping that we do get more chapters that get involved in this. And I know that uh, Warren told me about how you can customize the toolbar specifically for your chapter to have stuff that's linked directly to your chapter uh, bulletin right, yeah. and things like that. And that way it's available to you no matter where you are. You don't just have to be sitting at the Zeitgeist Movement website. You can get it anywhere. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, um, and we've covered a lot of, of – of, Stuff here, and I, you know, it's. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, you know, uh, the people who are listening now will, will go over there and tune in. And um, I know a lot of my people are actually on on downloads. Like basically, they don't even listen to the show when it's happening. Um, and, you know, they they listen to it later. But by all means, you know, if you're just tuning in now, you know, do consider you know going and uh, going to Terry's uh, show and, and tuning in and you know giving your support, even if it's just to be a casual listener. It means a lot to us when we're sitting here putting on these shows to know that more people are appreciating it. So, um, you know, in the uh, the forum link uh, that I that I created because I generally create a, a forum post in the news section, um, you can find uh, you know basically a post called V Radio Sunday, uh, um, basically with ZMUK Radio. If you go to that post, I also have a link there uh, that gives you a direct link to the. Um, to the shout, what, is it a shoutcast server that you guys are coming out of? Yeah, we, we got shoutcast for, and we also got icecast as well. Right, and um, and they can tune in directly to your stream via that link if they don't want to get the toolbar. Um, so That's for right, those yeah. of you who are just totally against the idea of a toolbar, you can still tune in directly at the link that is given on the Zeitgeist forums in the news section. V radios, you know, presents ZMUK radio. Um, we'll do. I'll probably. I haven't been able to do this yet, but I'm also going to update on vradio.org and give a direct link to the stream. Um, so just something to consider, guys. You know, I hope that you will tune in. Um, now, uh, if there's anybody in the audience who would like to call in um, to ask questions about this project or perhaps to volunteer any of your time to assist, please feel free to do so. Uh, the number to call if you're going to call using a regular phone um, is local to New York. It's 1-347-945-7747. That's 1-347-945-7747.
If you would like to be added to the show via Skype, then you can uh, basically add me to your Skype. My Skype is VTV115. Um, and PM me and ask to be added to the call. So that being said, um, Terry, do you have any uh, moments in particular that you've, you've gone through on the radio, any particular shows that you've done or, you know, guests that you've had that, uh, that you know, were, were good memories for you? Only the guys from Scotland at the moment. Oh, and when I interviewed Warren once, and we talked to most of the show, we talked about what he was going to do with the uh, Zaitsev toolbar, which was very interesting, because I'm not very technical with a computer, as you probably well know, and it was fascinating to hear how certain things come together. And we also had Gerard on there, who's the guy that runs the whole servo, and he was on there and explained to us how we could get certain software connected together by various means in order. Halfway through, they lost me completely. I had no idea what they were on about in the end. That was, that was a memory. And then the guys from Scotland, and I've also joined up with their site, and um, they, there's a guy on there making some really not very nice comments about the Venus Project, and I soon put him in his place. I sent him to the Venus Project website to have a look for himself, and also sent him a copy of um, Jacques Fresco's book. <laughs> Which opened his mind a bit more. Now he's not cursing the Venus Project one bit. Well, that's excellent, and it's, it's awesome that you were able to do that through education. Now, we did have a caller who asked to be added. Um, EJ, you're on the air. Oh, hello. Hello. Oh, yes, how are you doing? Uh, this is my first time ever really doing this. But um, my question is about the uh, service. Based, you say it's going to be based in the U.K.? Yeah, that's where the servo is at the moment, yeah. And now I'm, I'm here in America. Now, how would that work? Would, is it fast enough to uh, be like a worldwide server, or would it be like uh, some lag issues? Shouldn't be a problem there, at all. No, there's not, not uh, hardly any problem at all. There's about uh, – I've noticed when I'm actually finishing the show, I usually click into one of the players to see – if it's still playing, if it's still playing, I don't shut the uh, the the, code, the encoder off until it finishes playing on the air, and it's a lag of about five seconds. Okay, okay. And uh, as far as the opening or starting a, uh, I guess a personalized radio station um, for, let's say the the uh, Florida area, um, you just go to the the website and you can basically make your own talk show, so to speak. Yeah, yes, you can. Okay. You get, if you come on to the the the, um, the British Zeitgeist Movement uh, UK site and contact Warren, that's who you need to contact, he will give you all the information you need to contact the survey, to connect to the survey, to do your radio broadcast. And it's open all the time. You don't have to keep connecting. All you do is activate your encoder on sound broadcaster and it connects automatically. And as soon as, it, as, soon as the numbers start clicking over, you're connecting, you just broadcast straight away for as long as you want. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds great. Uh, what kind of uh, show do you think you would want to throw up there? Well, I would like to possibly have a show where people can come and uh, talk. It'd be more of a talk show, um, like try to clear the air of, for instance, uh, I would like to be able to get, for instance, a Muslim onto a show and like Tell us your ideas. Tell us how you view, for instance, um, Iraq 
you know, everybody is not uh, a militant in Iraq. There are civilized people in Iraq, and I would like to do shows like that to to, to erase all these stereotypes. Uh, I was listening to uh, a show once before, and they, the, they actually had someone from the Middle East somewhere, and they compared those uh, militants to America's backwoods rednecks. So right. if all, if all mm-hmm. we're seeing is Iraq's backwoods rednecks, we need to put the civilized people, the doctors, the lawyers, the, the teachers out there. You know, we need to have them to talk to the people so that we won't be afraid of the quote-unquote terrorists or the quote-unquote um, Iraqis, you know, just uh, as an example. That's actually, you know, an excellent topic. You can also use the blog talk thing for that as well. Um, you know, if you could ever get any guests that you would like to do for that, I'd be happy to do that on B Radio at some point because I myself have, you know, because I, I ran for Congress here in Michigan, there's actually a pretty decent Iraqi population here, and I talk to a lot of Iraqis. Um, about their issues over in Iraq, and that is a topic that doesn't really get talked about enough. Um, the, the the true face of the Iraqi citizen is rarely ever really shown, um, you know, and it's especially because it is a different culture and because their their language sounds. Uh, basically, I would say that you know, when when you're listening to somebody speaking in Arabic, particularly if they're upset, it sounds very strange to somebody who comes from America. It makes it hard for them to look at those people as people. You know, they don't they don't think about it like that. That the Africans went through the same thing. Yes. You know, um, yes. and and it's it's really tough. You know, to to get people to understand that they're people. One of the greatest documentaries I have ever seen about the topic of what it's like to live in Iraq, ironically, was a uh, documentary about heavy metal music in Baghdad. It's called Heavy Metal in Baghdad. And it was about a few kids who made a rock music band over there. And because they they spoke decent English and because they had very similar values to me, I was like, wow, these these aren't just like, you know, random people. These are guys that I would have over to my house. You know, I could see myself sitting at my PlayStation or something with these guys joking around or, or going to a concert or a bar or wherever with these guys. These are real people. You know, and it, it, it took something that I could relate to, like heavy metal music, to, to help me understand that beyond anything else. I mean, there's a lot of great documentaries that talk about the war, but this one really made me see, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that these were real people. And, I, and I'm happy to say that their band, Across the Kata, has finally managed to make it to the United States, and they're doing really good. If you like heavy metal music, I strongly advise that you check out Acrasicada, um, A-C-R-A-S-S-I-U-A-D-A. It's actually a word for a really big scorpion that lives in the desert, and they play very high-quality heavy metal music, for those of you who are interested. Um, you know, But I absolutely understand exactly what you're talking about, um, because people don't recognize that, that, that the people in Iraq our people. It makes it very hard for people to think like that because, for example, Ron Paul always pointed this out. How would we feel, you know, if, if that was going on over here? How would we feel, you know, and, it, it, and that's I've recommended this documentary many times, but it's called Meeting Resistance, and it's a couple of British journalists risked their lives by sitting down and talking to members of Iraqi al-Qaeda, basically the people who are involved in the resistance, and what they were finding was, first of all, these are not people who love Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was not a very well-liked person by the average person in Iraq. 
In fact, admitting that you were a supporter of Saddam Hussein is a great way to get yourself shot. Uh, uh, but on the other token, though, these were people whose lives were shattered in one way or another by the war, and they wanted us to leave. And it's not just because you know it, it's the religious issue is also kind of a secondary issue. Although we are doing wonderful things to push people into the arms of extremist Islam, because when you do something like kill somebody's children, they want answers and they want spiritual answers and they want to know that. You know, the people that have died, have been taken from them, are being taken care of somewhere in a heaven. It's very easy to convince people to go along with that, and it's especially easy if they're angry to tell them, yeah, not only can you be angry in my religion, you can get revenge in my religion, and you can go to heaven for getting revenge. You know, we, we basically create a situation that's, that's ripe for people to, to go to that extremist Islam. We're pushing them right into their arms. You know, by doing things like bombing them. And the funny thing is, like, there was a guy in particular. He was ex-Iraqi Special Forces. He wanted nothing to do with the Army anymore. And it was his brother, a cab driver, being killed for no good reason at all um, that caused him to get involved. You know, and then there's actually another little documentary. I'm, I'm sure I'm on the terrorist watch list because I downloaded this. <laughs> but um, hey, there's a I little... There's a little documentary called Bloody Contracts that was made by Iraqi by the Iraqi resistance, and I watched it. And they said, you know, if you want to understand what motivates us, you know, um, you should take a look at what it's like to be an Iraqi person in this country. Um, and they played. They had a guy who spoke very good English who was narrating the whole thing, um, and uh, basically. Um, you know, they, they played a video that was put out by members of Blackwater. Their biggest problem is actually the independent contractors because those guys are nuts in many cases. Not always, but there's a lot of them who are just outright crazy. And they played a video that some members of Blackwater made where they're playing this country music song while randomly driving down the street and shooting people's cars. Oh, yes, I've, I've actually heard about that. Um, uh, yes, yes. Continue. I've heard about that. You know, so imagine what that would be like. I mean, really drink that in, okay? But, but don't think about this as something going on somewhere else. You need to put this in your own perspective. What would it be like for you if you were driving down your street and some guy who works for the government that's controlling your country started randomly shooting his machine gun into your car or into your mother's car? Or into your, you know, a car that has your children in it. You know, right. how would you yeah. react? Well, see, now the way the way I look at it is, it, it'll be more along the lines of um, our, let's say, our gangs today. I, I think that might be that that might be somewhat of a um, a way to, to to rile the public, so to speak. You know, it's like uh, let's say if I was a uh, a crip, right? And somebody came dressed up in all red and started shooting at my house. The first thing I'm automatically think, oh, that was a blood, you know. Right. And, and, and I, I think um, I, I can't really say who's behind or anything as far as controversies or whatever goes. But you know, I, I look at it as the same idea. Somebody comes by, you know, we, we get a glimpse of it. The first thing we think is, you know, it looks like this, and so that's what it must be. And it, and it creates that public unrest for um, uh, us to come in and say, oh, we want to stop you from being hurt by these bullies or something. And it just, um, I don't know if I kind of got off subject with it, but I just, when I hear about things like that, because I, I've heard about that Blackwater, the Blackwaters are basically just mercenaries hired by whoever pays them the most money, correct? 
Yes, that's true. Um, yeah. they, they talk about it a little bit in the documentary Iraq for Sale, and that's how – because in Iraq for Sale, they talk about, like you may remember on the news, those three men that were independent contractors that were strung up and burned on that bridge. Um, I, I want to say in Fallujah. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing that on CNN or whatever, but when they said independent contractors, they did not point out on the news that these were these were mercenaries. These weren't like guys building, you know, schools or something. These, these were people who were known for that. And then and they pointed that out. It was in that in the uh, in the video I was telling you about the the, the bloody contracts video was that you want to know why we did this? Um, well, uh, here's why. <laughs> We right. did this because these people drive down our streets and randomly shoot people. You know, the, the problem is, is that, as was pointed out in Iraq for sale, one of the mercenaries who ended up getting killed for that was just a guy who was struggling, happened to be an ex-soldier, and you can work for Blackwater on a monthly contract and make enough money because they pay a lot in Blackwater. You can make enough money for your family to live on for like six months by just being over in Iraq for a month through Blackwater. Um, yep. so, so not everybody in Blackwater is some you know, evil person, but a great deal of the people who end up in these mercenary companies are people who are discharged from the military because they were too crazy to be there. There's, <laughs> a, there's another company that I, I'm trying to remember the name of, but I had a guy, he's an, he's an ex, um, he was basically he was a veteran in Iraq. He said, yeah, Blackwater is pretty bad, but there's another company that's based out of the U.K., um, and I, I can't remember the name of them, but it, it was something really corporate and – not assuming sounds like something like security solutions or something. I can't remember the name of it, but he said those guys, and they weren't all British. He said, he's pointing out, it's just a British based company, but the people who worked for them were not all British. He said, in fact, a lot of them were from other countries, but he pointed out that if you wanted to have somebody, for example, who would be the kind of person that would nail a four year old child to their wall so that they could get the parents to tell them where, you know, where certain militants were, these would be the guys you would call in. So what you're seeing about Blackwater is only the tip of the iceberg as far as just how bad things get over there. Um, there are things like, you know, they pointed that out. The, the independent contractors uh, in Alub Garib, I always say this wrong, the, the different prisons that we have, um, yeah. it, that they, they bring in independent contractors to do some of these inhumane things because they can't be prosecuted in, in a military tribunal. In many cases, we can't seem to prosecute them at all. Uh, one of the other things that was brought up in Iraq for sale was that, you know, there was a congresswoman who was trying to find out, you know, what the hell happened to this member of Blackwater who got drunk and randomly shot a member of the equivalent of the Iraqi Secret Service, somebody who was protecting an Iraqi politician. He just got drunk and shot a guy because he thought it would be funny. The guy was shipped out of the country, and nobody in Blackwater could tell her where he went. Um, he was never punished. He was never arraigned, you know, um, for any of this. And in fact, even if they fired him, he could just go to work for a different mercenary company immediately following that. There was no way to punish these people. And now, let me bring you to the most chilling aspect of all of this. According to executive orders put together by George Bush that as far as I know, I have not checked, have not been canceled by Barack Obama, it is now legal for them to deploy these mercenaries on American soil. In fact, Blackwater was on the ground um, after Hurricane Katrina, before the legitimate military or police were called in, um, these people mm. can be deployed against us. You know, that, yeah. 
think about that. You know, and this is happening in other countries as well. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the UK, but I know that you know there is a situation where you know more and more civil liberties are being taken away, and one of them in particular is they know that the common military is not going to be willing to do their stormtrooper work because the common military is made up of people like us. You know, um, it, but but on the other hand, if you've got a you know somebody who's from a different country coming in here, he doesn't really necessarily care that you know about you as an American. In fact, you know most of the the, the world doesn't really like Americans at all. You know, if you want to find somebody to do your Gestapo work, it's going to be these private mercenaries. Yeah, here in the UK, they're actually employing um, police officers from abroad, and they've got a a rapid a rapid um, response force here in the UK. So if any um, civil unrest occurs, these guys go in, not the, your local bobbies, not your local police officers or law enforcement officers. These guys come from Germany, these are, and they'll just go in and just bash heads in just, just for the sheer hell of it, basically. That's what they do. Um, there was another, David Ike spoke about this on one of his, um, in one of his newsletters. He found out that they are actually now based in the place called Gloucester, uh, was it Gloucestershire, just up the road from us, about, about 90-odd miles away. And they're all Europeans. Not one of them is actually German, but it's a German company that's put them there under the guise of a rapid rap, rapid response police force. That's what they are as. And they're also doing some training up in Scotland with various police forces from various different countries. So you can see what's going to happen here, don't you? The European Union is already collapsing under the bailout money that's all going around. And they're saying after Ireland comes the UK. This is why David Cameron at the moment is making cuts here and there and everywhere, trying to save Britain's nick, basically, so they don't have to call for bailouts for the bankers. That's what it appears to be here. And as you know, in Ireland, in Dublin, of the, yesterday, they had 50-odd thousand people walk the streets in Dublin protesting about the bailout and it's still going to go ahead no matter what they do so you can people can protest all they like but it's not going to make one bit of difference to the bankers in the end it's going in one ear and straight out the other and when you were saying about Iraqis and uh, the war and that we actually done a feature here on UK radio about the war and we went into the real gory details and I put it right down to the blood coming out the brains and all this sort of thing and I got a message from somebody. I got a message from somebody in the movement who was listening. Told me to shut up because the detail they didn't want to hear all them details. So we changed the broadcast to something else. We put on one of Neil's podcasts. Well, you know that's the thing is though is that that's exactly what people need to see, Terry. Because one of the other exactly. problems we have with this war is that it's they, they learned their lesson. Okay, with Vietnam. In Vietnam, they showed a lot of stuff. They, 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 and mind you, they were still squelching all sort of stuff about Vietnam, you know, um, and the, the mainstream media is not going to do this. This brings us back to the, the reason why this kind of media is so important, because you're not going to get this news, you know, on the mainstream. That's why I did a, a, a report on the WikiLeaks video, um, you know, that I had everybody who was going to be on the panel listen, you know, watch that WikiLeaks video of them shooting those people in Iraq from the helicopter and talking That's about right, yeah. it. Oh, you shouldn't have brought your kids to a. You shouldn't have brought your kids to a to a war zone. I'm like, this is their home. Freaking jackass! They didn't exactly. bring the war zone here. You brought the war zone there. You know, the guy was in his. You know, in his suburban car. It was a van. He's got two kids in the back of the van. He stops because he sees an Iraqi man 
holding a camera who needs to be taken to the damn hospital. Oh, I get mad about that. <laughs> yeah, see, like, uh, I, I, I was a, um, I'm a veteran. Um, I was in the Marine Corps six and a half years, and that was actually my job. I actually flew in hell. I was a crew chief in Huey's. I, I flew in helicopters. And one of the things that disgusted me uh, about the military was a, a mission that I had to do over in Iraq. Uh, basically, uh, long story short, what happened was uh, what turned into, what, what, turned, uh, what was supposed to be a search for uh, weapons caches turned into dropping uh, AK-47, MC, uh, AK-47s, uh, grenades, and full magazines down uh, on the streets around these little small villages. And, you know, it's like the, the whole time we're, we're watching the news from, you know, a patriotic standpoint, oh, these terrorists, these and that, uh, such and such is supplying them with guns, and then here it goes. I have a guy with a big black duffel bag dressed in, you know, black, you know, um, black gear, hop into the helicopter with us and then you know the pilots are oblivious because what the what what uh the the guy that was in the back with us uh with the crew chiefs asked the pilot was hey uh can you fly down at 50 feet above these roads um uh, i want to toss out some magazines the pilot thought that he was talking about actual reading material his response was oh we're going to uh throw out some propaganda some reading material make sure they change their ways probably and the guy in the back said yeah sure he opens the bag and there's like all these weapons, you know, and we're tossing weapons out on the side of the road for people to pick up. And we, we, we actually stopped at a couple other spots and did this until the bag was empty. Wow. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it for these private contractors, it's not really in their best interest if the war ends because they're making an awful lot of money over there. You know, that's why anytime you apply the, the monetary, uh, the profit motive to anything, it, it turns to crap pretty fast. You know, and that's, you know, I wish I had known, uh, you know, and I, I got to say, I hope that you will call into future episodes of V Radio because you, you provide a unique perspective. I wish I had known you when I did that WikiLeaks show. It would have been great to have that, you know, in that particular show for sure. Um, and I do hope that you decide to, to come together and become a radio host because, um, you, you're part of a demographic also just due to, you know, you're, you're an African-American, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, and I, I've had guests on who are, are that way, and I, I actually we just dealt with this, this issue not long ago in a Facebook group because somebody's accusing us of being racist and sexist because they said there's not enough people of color or people of other gender in the zeitgeist movement. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Nobody's racist. What are you talking about? I, I, I would tell you exactly where that comes from. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm African-American. I can say from what I see about around the, uh, my culture, so to speak, um, for the most part, they want to remain blind. They're, they're happy where they are. If they're, if they're poor, they don't care to see um, what's actually going on. Like I'll talk to some of my, my friends or whatever, and I, like, for instance, let's say uh, the 9-11 thing. If, if at any if, if anything, I don't care if, if it's about were there people on the planes or was it a uh, government inside job. If, if you if just to show that, look, this was a demolition. You know, this is not a falling building because a plane crashed into it. This is a complete demolition. I can't even get them to see that. You Great. know, I, yeah, well, just, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I had a couple of, of uh, African-American guests on, and I asked them about it because another aspect of this really – it is, is that there's there's he says not all of them. This is this is the information that he pointed out was that he said that for the most part in the black culture, 
um, that he's part of, it's not generally accepted that they sit around on computers for long periods of time. They, they play video games, they play them on consoles and stuff, but right. you know, as far as sitting around on a computer, he said he's kind of unusual among his friends for being somebody who uses a computer on a regular basis. Um, right. you know, and you see that even just in other things. Like, I don't see, just in Facebook, like, I don't see a lot of black people on Facebook. I don't think it's because Facebook is racist. I think it's because, you know, black people would just assume go out to a club or something and associate in person rather than sitting on the Internet all day. I mean, is this correct? Well, not not necessarily because I guess it depends on your, your friend base. Like, I have a lot of black friends that's on Facebook, but a lot of them do their updates from phones. They don't really, do, they don't really put so much onto Facebook that's um, mentally – uh, it doesn't feed you mentally. They'll put something like going to the club, hope to see you there. You know, it's just, you see a lot of stuff like that. It's, it's, there's no sustenance from it. You know, they rather post, oh, the Gators got their butts whooped last night. Then, hey, man, uh, they're about to cut off, uh, they're about to cut off unemployment, you know, or right. the stuff that really affects us. They don't want to, they don't put that up there. They, they'll go to their phone and say, yeah, man, I just got through eating, you know, but, you know, the mental prices. Right. No, well, I mean, no, no, it's okay, actually. What I want to do is I want to invite you to come on to a show about this topic at some point, um, particularly because we have been trying to figure mm-hmm. out how best to try to spread this, this movement to people from other cultures. Um, the issue of color to me is irrelevant. There are some colors, cultures that you cannot reach very easily by the Internet. But we're down to the last two minutes, and I want to suggest to everybody uh, who's listening right now, uh, please go listen to Terry's show. Um, you know, turn it on after this is over with, and consider coming on to to be a DJ. Even if you don't like talking, you know, even if you just want to play music, they need help to get this thing started, um, and it would be great. So um, the links, you know, as I said, to be able to li- join the stream are available on the Zeitgeist Movement um, forum. If you go to the uh, the news section, you will find my post, V Radio Sunday, ZMUK. You will find links there that will allow you to go to that stream. So, um, And also, I'd like to talk to you a little bit off the air, um, EJ, after this is over, if that's okay with you, about a you know, future show. Yes, that's fine. Uh, if you just give me a second, I just have to uh, make it to the throne room real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, we'll do that. Thanks okay. again, Terry, for coming on, and um, I look forward to listening like to your show as well. Um, and yep. I look forward to seeing the future of this this movement. So, um, in any case, uh, say goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody. Thank you all for being on V Radio. Uh, or yeah, thank you all. And for supporting V Radio, and go check out some Zeta, you know, Zeitgeist UK Radio as soon as this is over. I look forward to seeing some of you there, and um, and also make sure that you share your Skype with them so that they can communicate with you. We need to get a, a chat room or something going for your radio station if you don't have one already. No, we don't. Um, all right, folks, um, we'll get that started. And uh, thanks again for tuning into V Radio. Please visit vradio.org, v-radio.org. Consider a donation to support this, uh, this effort. Um, you guys, essentially, I am your employee. I'm working on getting a lot of great guests coming up soon. Hoping to get a show with Peter Joseph from the Zeitgeist and uh, Ben Stewart from Chimatica, along with some other great documentarians. Take care, and I'll leave you with some words from Jacques Fresco. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is John Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.